brother Ima for this ministration unto the Lord. Hallelujah. I believe we have been blessed with this ministration. Let's have a word of prayer and then we go on with our teaching for tonight. Our Lord, we thank you for this opportunity. Even as we have started with the series to go through the letters that you send to the churches that are recorded in the book of Revelation. Our Lord and our God, even though these letters were written several years ago, over 2,000 years ago, as we started with our teaching last week, they are still relevant for our day. So tonight, as we look at the second letter, dear Lord, it's not me speaking, but speak through me. Grant each one of us understanding. By the time we are through, dear Lord, may we begin to make amends because it's about preparation our preparation towards your coming your coming is certain and indeed we are glad that you have even forewarned us you have indicated to us what is of importance to you and for which we need to look at so tonight as we go through this teaching, my prayer tonight is that each one of us will be careful to give attention to what the head of the church, our Lord Jesus Christ, is saying to each one of us. Because we all know at the end, he keeps on saying, he who has ears, let him hear. Tonight, may we hear what Christ is saying to all of us in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. For those of you who are following this series, it was started last week by Reverend Dr. Emmanuel Ansan. He started with the very first letter which was directed to those in Ephesus at that point in time. The key message that was brought out last week had to do with our first love which Christ said were found wanting. And I must say that as we go through this series it's not as if when we finish one week the one can pack it. We need to be burdened on it, and together they will have a meaning for our lives. Hallelujah. And for this evening, the emphasis is on the fact that we need to remain faithful. Hallelujah. As we have said, those letters to the churches was essentially about the preparation 
of our Lord Jesus Christ coming. Now in this letter where we will look at Revelation chapter 2, verse 8 through to 11. And unto the angel of the church in Samna writes, These things say as the first and the last, which was dead and is alive. I know thy works and thy tribulation and poverty, but thou art rich. And I know the blasphemy of them which say they are Jews and are not, but are the synagogues of Satan. Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that ye may be tried, and ye shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. Verse 11. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. He that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death. Hallelujah. And like I said, our teaching for tonight is focusing on the fact that we are not supposed to be scared. He said, fear not. Fear not. And in all of these, what he's saying is that remain faithful. Brethren, that is the issue before us tonight. We don't know when the Lord is coming. But what he's saying is that we should remain faithful between now and when he comes. Whether you and I will be here or will be gone in whatever state he comes to meet us or whatever state we will live before he comes. What the Lord is saying is that you and I ought to remain faithful. Hallelujah. And for me, it is not a matter to be taken lightly. Because there are major developments, major happenings going on all over the world. And as these events happen, there are some who may give up their faith. There are some who cannot continue. In fact, Christ himself said in Luke chapter 18, verse 8, he said, When I come, shall I find faith? That was a serious question. When he comes, will he find faith? And here again, in this letter that we just read, Christ is telling us, that fear not. And you see, he's even telling us that those things are going to come. You know, I believe when most of us started our work with the Lord, our understanding was that this thing is so easy. But I remember very well at the first crusade we had at Soul Clinic in 1994. 
I don't know if Osofu remembers. I gave a testimony. And at that time, being so naive, I said, ever since I gave my life to Christ, there has been no problem. There will be no problem. That was my understanding in those days. But today, from 1994 to date, I think I have revised my notes. It's gone under serious editing. Very serious editing. Because I had then not come across what Christ said. That fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Which means we have been forewarned that these things will happen. So for me to have said at that time that there will be no prayer, means I lack knowledge. But now I'm learning. Hallelujah. So he said, fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison that ye may be tried. And you know, brethren, this battle or attack from the devil didn't start from that time. Right from Genesis chapter 3 verse 15. What do we see? Genesis 3 15. He said, I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed and it shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. This is in Genesis. And in the last book, which is Revelation, Revelation chapter 12, verse 17, you will see the devil not giving up. Revelation 12, he says, And the dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of God and have a testimony of Jesus Christ. So right from Genesis through to Revelations, this seed where the remnant are those which keep the commandments of God and have a testimony of Jesus Christ, the dragon will still be chasing us. But that doesn't mean you should get away from this faith. Brethren, I say to myself, if you leave this faith, where are you going? There is no other option. The other option is to fall into the hands of Satan. Are you ready to do so? None of us. So if Christ says that, fear not, these things shall happen. I believe it's for us to embrace what the Lord Jesus Christ is telling us and to remain faithful to the end. Hallelujah. And for me, this is a call from our Lord Jesus Christ. Christ himself is telling us that we are going to suffer. It's the hope that we know that if we suffer with him, we shall reign with him. We know that as we go through, at the end, in that same verse that we read, it says, there shall be a crown. So no matter what we are going to go through, knowing that at the end of the day, there will be a crown for us, I am persuaded and I say to myself that there is a, it is worthwhile going through it. Hallelujah. And the interesting thing is that whilst we go through this trials and tribulation, brethren, we are not alone. Christ will not leave us alone. 
In fact, in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3 to 7. Shall we look at 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3 to 7? 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3. It says, Blessed be God, even the Lord of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and the God of all comforts. Are you seeing something? The God of all comfort. The next verse. Who comforted us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble, which means you and I, if we don't go through this tribulation and trials, and God comforts us, how can we encourage the weaker ones? So that's why he's saying that, who comforted us in our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble. And by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. Brethren, God himself will comfort us as we go to so endeavor to remain faithful. Hallelujah. Verse 5. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us. Hallelujah. That's why I said many things are going to happen that will put you to fear. But he's also saying that for as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also abounded by Christ. So there will be more sufferings in Christ and there will be more consolations. So we don't need to fear. As we go through them, Christ is saying that he himself will be with us in the trench. Hallelujah. In the same way, if we have this assurance that Christ will be with us, then I'm saying to myself, when these things happen, it is not the time to waver. It is not the time to say that I cannot stand it. Because the assurance you and I have is that Christ himself will be there to comfort us. And if Christ will be there to comfort us, no matter the trials, no matter the tribulations, no matter the hardships, no matter what people will say, no matter what will come to put our faith to test, we are not alone. Remember in the scripture that we read, he said, the devil is only coming to try you. So he will come and try. It is for you and I to remain that we will stand firm. We will not waver. We will be steadfast. We will be committed to what Christ has given to us. Because we know that we are not alone. And he has said the trials will come. And you see, brethren, we should declare in our minds that because of who we are, the trials will come. Because Christ himself was persecuted. It's because the world doesn't like the things that you have been taught by Christ. And if you are going to hold on to those things, we are going to be tried. And I believe that most of you, wherever you find yourself, in your workplaces, in the marketplace, in the neighborhoods, or even in the church, what you have decided to hold on to, the world is against it. And if you continue to hold on to it, my brother, my sister, I can guarantee you that you certainly will not be free. 
In the marketplace, for example, if you look at the whole system, people get into it and they believe that we have come to make money. Is that not the case? And then if you are there to make sure that you do what is right, you can be sure that it's not going to be easy. In my own personal example, the challenge that I have, the reason was that you, you won't chop and you let us chop. So you must be tried. Is it a sin to do what is right? But you'll be tried. You'll be tempted. Are you going to say that because you'll be tempted, you are going to follow them? That certainly is not an option for you. That is why he's saying, remain faithful. Remain faithful to your calling. You'll be tried by remain faithful to your calling. And brethren, there are a lot of things going around that will shake your faith. I don't know how many of you are aware. You know, there was supposed to be a conference on one world religion. I don't know how many of you have followed it. It should have come off in May a few months ago, but because of the COVID, it's been shifted to October. And the scary thing, when I saw some renowned believers who were part of people championing and say, where is our faith? Brethren, can you remain faithful? And some of them were saying that Christ has given them a mandate. To bring one world religion together. You are saying, hey, that's why tonight this topic that we should remain faithful is important for all of us. It is important for all of us. Can you and I remain faithful to the time Christ comes or he calls us? It is a very stripling, dangerous ground and we need to be prepared for it. But as we go through this, our first would like us to give us assurance. Ask yourself, is it worth it to remain faithful? Because if you are not persuaded, if you are not convinced, any wind that will blow, you will follow it. And when the devil tempts you, or where there is tribulation, where there is any suffering, you will not stand. So you need to assure yourself that this thing, it is worth following this faith that I'm holding on to. And for which reason, if I'm tempted because of Christ, I will go through it. Hallelujah. In James chapter 1 verse 2, I'm saying it is worth going through the suffering because I know in James chapter 1 verse 2 that there will be a crown of life for me. So he says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Are you ready to count it all joy? I'm sure some will say, this should not be my portion. But James is saying, when these things happen, count it all joy. He said that my brethren count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. The verse 3 says, Knowing this, that the trying of your faith will work out patience. 
If your patience has not been tried, how can you say that you are a patient person? You must go through a trial. So it is worth it. In First Peter chapter 1, verse 7, as we go through these trials, we are going to be purified, which will make us better persons before Christ. So for me, it is worth going through. It says that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold, that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So as we go through it, it is preparing us for a praise, preparing us for an honor, preparing us for the glory at the appearance of our Lord Jesus Christ. So it is something worth going through. It's going to purify us and it is something that we should even welcome it. Hallelujah. And then in the same Peter, 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 12 to 14. 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 12 to 14 says, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fairy trial which is to try you. As though some strange thing has happened to you. You know, when these trials come, they are not strange. But then what? Rejoice. Inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. Hallelujah. So we know what is before us. We know what has been prepared for us. So when it comes, we should work. He says, if ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye, for the spirit of glory and of God rested upon you. On their part, he is evil spoken of, but on your part, he is glorified. Hallelujah. Isn't it interesting? So as we go through all of these trials, we know that there is a better waiting for us. Hallelujah. Now, as we go through sometimes some of these trials, sometimes we say, why is it coming to us? But begin to have a certain attitude. First, as the trials come, I've said, look up. Why am I saying look up? In Isaiah chapter 48, verse 10. Let's look at Isaiah 48, verse 10. Behold, I have refined thee, but not with silver. I have chosen thee in the fairness of affliction. That is where we've been chosen. So sometimes, not all the trials that we see, is the devil who has motivated it. It's the way of God himself refining us. And we must be ready to go through it. Secondly, what I've said is that we must look down. Why are we looking down? Because the foes beneath our feet. You were once a servant of Satan. And no king would willingly let his subjects go. So in Isaiah chapter 49 verse 24. Isaiah 49 24. Shall the prey be taken from the mighty, 
Benelis, not kid. Where we've been translated from, the kingdom where we have come from, the devil is not happy to let us just go. So he said, shall the prey be taken from the mighty or the lawful captive delivered? Satan is not going to sit idle. That is why Christ said, fear not the sufferings that are going to come. Once we've been translated from the kingdom of darkness to light, the devil is looking for opportunity to bring us back. That is why we need to be careful. Hallelujah. And make sure that we remain faithful. Also tell you, look around you. Where you are, you are in an enemy country. We are strangers here. The world is not your friend. If it is so, you are not a friend of God. So where we are around us, for example, it is not a place to be taken lightly. The enemy is going to go after us, but that doesn't mean our faith should be shaken. The other areas we need to look at is within ourselves. Look within your own heart. The sin and self are still within us. If no devil will tempt you, no enemy will fight you, no world to ensnare you, but you will still find in yourself enough evil to be a pain. The heart is deceitful above all things, desperately wicked. Our own hearts that we carry can be a source of worry for us. That can affect our faith. And therefore, we need to watch our own hearts so that we can remain faithful. Hallelujah. Now, what are some of the ways we can remain faithful and not be shaken. The first point I would like to state is that we must have the word with us. And here Christ, our Lord and our Master Jesus Christ, showed us the example. When the devil tempted him, later you can read the whole of Matthew chapter 4. All the three temptations that are recorded, Christ had the word. So he said, it is what? It is written. When you and I are confronted, would you have enough word in your system? Would you have enough word in you to say that this is what the word of God says and therefore I am not ready to waver? If you don't have the word, what it will mean therefore is that your faith cannot remain. You will be taken off your feet. So brethren, the first thing we need to do is that each one of us must strive to have the word in us if we are to remain faithful until the coming of the Lord or before we live here. And that's why you and I need to spend much more time in the word and continue to do so. Secondly, we must trust in the Lord if we are to remain faithful. And here I like the example of those three Hebrew boys who found their way in Babylon. Let's look at Daniel chapter 3, verses 17 and 18. He says, you know, when they were tested, he said, if be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fairy furnace. He will deliver us out of thy hand, O king. But listen to the verse 18. But if not... But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods. 
even if he doesn't deliver us, what we are saying is that we will not serve your God. Even if he doesn't deserve us, we will not worship your golden image which thou hast set up. Can you have this attitude? Trusting God that whatever happens, whether he delivers me or not, I will continue to remain faithful. Hallelujah. And because they trusted in the Lord, look at the verse 24 and 25 of the same Daniel chapter 3. Verse 24. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished and rose up in haste and spake and said unto his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said unto the king, True, O king. Verse 25. He answered and said, Now before I continue, let me tell you why I said, Look to God and not to look to man. If you look at this verse 25, if you look up to man, which man can go into the fire and help you? Are you catching it? If you don't put your trust in God and you are faced with an issue, there's a trial, there's a tribulation, and you go looking for men, which men will follow you into the furnace? All man will say is that we'll stand with you in prayer. But Christ, our Lord, was in the furnace with him. Hallelujah. And the men who were supposed to be bound, they were walking in the fire. And they, were, they have no heads. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Hallelujah. In our trials, sometimes we look up to men, we look up to systems. We look up to certain conditions that we have. But if it's unto the Lord, if it's in the furnace, he will follow you there. Many men will not follow you into the trench. But if your faith is to remain, trust in the Lord and he shall deliver you. Hallelujah. The third point is that, brethren, if you are to remain faithful, know your calling. Let's look at Luke chapter 1, verse 15 to 17. Luke chapter 1, verse 15 to 17. You know, many men and women have not remained in their faith. Many have fallen. But beloved, if you know your calling, you will find that there are certain things you will not get involved in. He says, For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. And he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. Verse 16. And many of the children of Israel shall turn to the Lord their God. Verse 17. And he shall go before him in the spirit and the power of Elias, to turn the hearts of the fathers of children, and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make a ready people prepared for the Lord. But let me take you back to the verse 15. He shall be great in the sight of the Lord. He shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. And he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from the mother's womb. Many of us, if we are to remain faithful, we should know our calling. John the Baptist knew his calling. He was a Nazarite. 
neither drink nor smoke. What? Strong drink. Many of us have fallen. Because as a Nazarite, what God has deposited in us because he has called us, many of us are not faithful. We are doing things that we ought not to do. And therefore, we have not remained faithful. What we should note is that depending on your calling, there will be certain requirements to determine what you need to do. And sometimes those requirements of your calling will determine that you shall be in isolation and not be in a public place. It is therefore not surprising that John the Baptist remained in the wilderness until his public display. Some of us, because we don't know our calling, we rush to go to places we ought not to be, and then we simply fall flat. Know your calling and remain faithful. Hallelujah. The fourth point is that know your company and your associates if you are to remain faithful. Quickly ask chapter 4, verse 17 to 20. When Peter and Co. have been threatened virtually to abandon their faith, and they warned them, be but, but that is spread no further among the people, let us straightly straighten, threaten them that they speak henceforth to no man in this name. Verse 18. And they called them and commanded them not to speak at all, nor to teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said to them, Whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you or unto judge ye. And then from there, let's look at what they did in verse 20. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen. But look at the verse 23 to 25, what they did. Depending on the company that you move with. And being let go, they went to their own company and reported all that to the chief priests and the elders and what the elders had said unto them. Verse 24. And when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God. If you don't go to the wrong company and you are threatened, you may go to a place they will tell you, maybe forget about this course. It is not worth it. But they went to the right company. And when they heard the report, they lifted up their voice to God. And with one accord said, Lord, thou art God, which has made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them. When you move to the right company, you shall remain faithful. But if you go to certain companies, your fire will be extinguished. If you want to remain faithful, be careful of the people you move with. Hallelujah. The next point, if you are to remain faithful, keep to your estate, Jude chapter 6. Jude chapter 6. Sorry, Jude 6. I'm creating more chapters in Jude. Eh? <laughs> Jude 6. Can we get Jude 6? There, what happened was that the angels who did not keep to their estate, what happened to them? They had to be thrown down. And many of us are not keeping to our lane, what God has called us to do, and we are doing things that we are not doing. As we do those things, will be cast out and will not remain faithful. The next point is that it requires total obedience 
and surrender. And here, when we read the whole of John chapter 6, we'll find that, especially in John chapter 6, verse 60 and 61. John chapter 6, 60 and 61. It says, when they heard the hard saying, those who could not remain faithful, what happened was that many therefore of his disciples, when they heard this, said, this is an hard saying. Who can hear it? And the verse 61. When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured at it, he said to them, Does this offend you? And the verse 66. What is there? Let's look at verse 66. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Some of us, when the truth is told to us, when the faith, the truth is told us, we say we cannot take it. We will draw. But my prayer is that no matter what the saying will be, once the Lord speaks to you and I, you receive it and keep his company. Hallelujah. The next point is that faithfulness is an aspect of the fruit of the Spirit. Which means if you are still living in your old nature, if you have not moved and put away the carnal nature, if you are not living in the spirit and the spirit is not in you, it means you are not likely to be a candidate to remain faithful. In Galatians chapter 5 verse 22, it lists, and among others, what we can see is faithfulness. Maybe depending on the version, it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, and what? Faith. Do you have the fruit of the Spirit? If you have it, I believe that you can remain faithful. Brethren, last but not the least, if we are to remain faithful, in Revelation chapter 12, verse 11, then we are not supposed to love our lives. If you love your life so much, if you love yourself so much, you will not be able to stand it. So he said, because we can only overcome him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their own lives to death. That is the only way we can remain faithful. Brethren, I believe that the Lord himself is great in faithfulness. And normally sometimes when I look at myself, I say that if I look at what God has shown to you and I, he has, God has shown us so much kindness and love and concern. And all God does is to love us. Even in chastisement, he does it with love. Even in rebuking us, he does it with love. For me, therefore, there is no choice but to remain faithful. We owe him so much. God has put himself worthy of trust. It is time for you and I to prove that we, you and I shall remain faithful. Are you ready to do so? It is not an easy task. Because in conclusion, in Proverbs chapter 20, verse 6, 
He says, faithful men. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 6. Most men will proclaim each his own goodness, but who can find a faithful man? That's a question to us tonight. He says, who can find a faithful man? But I would like to challenge that you and I will prove to this task that we shall remain faithful. When Christ comes, we will remain faithful. Even if he doesn't come before we leave, before we leave this earth, we'll remain faithful. Are you ready to remain faithful? The Lord will give us sufficient grace. And I believe He's interceding for us. He is praying for us to stand and to remain faithful. He Himself gave us the assurance that fear not. Many things are going to happen that is going to test your faith. It is only a trial. The devil is only trying to tempt you. My prayer is that you and I will pass this test and shall remain faithful. Peace and many blessings.